baby. That was some good music right there. I needed that. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. <laughs> I could have listened. I could have listened to a little bit more. I tell you what. I need a. I need a. Um. <clears throat> I need a midnight hour show. I need a show like Babs After Dark. <laughs> Babs Late at Night. <laughs> late Night with Babs. I need a. I need a Quiet Storm meets grown folks speak right like grown folks talking like but it has to be like in the late hour can't be like in the morning gotta be in the late hour i don't know i don't know paul we might have to make that happen paul and harry we might need a late night you know like a quiet storm kind of vibe so we can like get into it talk about relationships talk about challenges talk about the music of our lives you know, what kind of music you put on when you drink the brown liquor and stuff ain't going right. Like, I, we need we need something like that. <laughs> I'm Babs Ross Ivy. Welcome to Love, Babs, Love Talk. It is uh, Wednesday morning. Yes, my voice is still, I am still underneath this dairy allergy and it is kicking my ass. I can't seem to, I mean, it's going to go, right? Like, I'm just going to, it's going to re resolve itself. But I'm telling you, it's a, it's a drag. It's really a drag, and uh, and it makes it hard to rest because you know I got so much, so much pain in the body because of this allergy. So it's just a drag, you know. But but you know, the show got to go on. I still have to do all the things, so you know, there's no time to like. And listen, I'm not one of these people that will press through sick. Even though I feel like I'm pressing through sick, it's the it, it's just what it is. Like, um, if if I didn't have a choice but to lay down and my body couldn't do it, I would just lay down. I'd be like, I'm out for the week or whatever. So, I, I'm not I'm not a martyr. I don't feel bad. I mean, I I feel awful, but I don't feel bad. And and no, it's not. I'm trying to get to a place where I'm making up, trying to feel better. No. I, I can get around. Once I'm up, I'm good. I just, I, this is what it is. I sound worse than I feel, but there's nothing I could do about this. There's nothing except it's just, it's a, it's a ride out thing. I just got to ride it out. I just got to ride it out. <laughs> so, so I know you all see me in the streets and people are like, damn, what is happening? Um, it's just this dairy allergy. And it's been a long time since I, I've been affected. And uh, the good thing is the new meds that I have, the technology of meds, uh, lessen the severity of the allergy. Um, now, that doesn't say that every time this happens, this I could get a less 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 symptoms. But for now, it's it's pretty fine. So yeah, so I sound a little uh if if I didn't have a voice this morning, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be on. I won't be here tomorrow because I will be at Hill House High School tomorrow, uh, working with seniors on their on their essays. So Dr. Shaka Felder, who runs Higher Heights, uh, is uh, convening folks to help seniors work on their on their uh, on their essays because you know these babies are going to college, so we're gonna. We're gonna. Uh, it's a bunch of us doing it. Me, Markeisha, and whoever else she has uh, pulled to to sort of do this. 
So I'm delighted to be at Hill House tomorrow. So I will not be on air. I'll be at Hill House at 8.30 tomorrow. So it's from like 8.30 to 11 or something. So I'll be over at Hill House tomorrow doing that. Um, and, you know, listen, as I'm working on my personal statement for law schools, applications for law schools, I can tell you it is no easy feat to uh, to uh, write about oneself. Do you know what I mean? It is no easy feat to write about oneself. And it's uh, it can be quite challenging, uh, particularly if you want to capture all the highlights. And so, you know, I'm in I'm in a gazillion rewrites and drafts for my personal statement because I, and, and my diversity statement, because I I want to get it right. And then I got to write another one about the uh, character and fitness. I have a November first deadline that I set for myself. Uh, you know for early admission consideration. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Lord have mercy, it's a lot. It is a lot. And uh, I'm not too excited. I'm excited in the sense that it's it's I, I, I feel capable of doing it. it, it th what's challenging is, is it's a lot. You know, it's a different kind of riding muscle. So I was trying to, I was trying to, uh, I was trying to do, do all the things. So, uh, let me see what else is going on. I'm over at the New Haven Independence site. And, uh, I just want to tell you, uh, Darnell Goldson drops out. I didn't read the article why, um, but, uh, he's, he's been a, He's been a character on the Board of Education for eight years. So uh, I don't know why he's stepping down. Um, uh, but, you know, we all have our moments where we're like, oh, all right, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we have our moments. Uh, uh, we're not doing this. And so we just move on. So, all right, I'm just trying to uh, I'm just uh, I'm just taking a look at all the things and seeing what's happening. Uh, oh, you know what? I meant to mention Andrea Brooks passed away. I meant to mention that uh, yesterday. She passed away. The story is up. And you know, um, Andrea Brooks was uh, my mentor. She and I, we were on the board of all this together and, uh, and somehow or other I convinced her to have a conversation with uh, West Haven and North Haven and East Haven about social service challenges and the folks that come from neighboring uh, small cities and towns uh, to participate in uh, the supportive services that New Haven had. And uh, and she went along with me to have these conversations with these neighboring city council folks. And, uh, and because of that work, she and I got an award from the Chamber of Commerce together for, for that work, which was really nice. 
Um, and, uh, and when, uh, and when, uh, I was making the decision to resign, she came to me and she's like, no one can make you resign. She's like, but they will make your life difficult and step down. And she was like, I know, I know what it's like to have people make your life difficult. I was like, okay, Andrea, you know, so I resigned. Uh, so she, she was a friend to me. I, I, I enjoyed talking to her very much. You know, uh, I enjoyed talking to her. Uh, I didn't realize she was just 79. I thought she was, uh, I thought she was a little bit older than that. Uh, but, uh, we were alders together. She was an alder for 15 years. I was only an alder for four. So, you know. Uh, I remember, I knew her from being the, uh, for, uh, for John DiStefano. Uh, I knew her from that. And uh, she was, she was a, she was a fighter. Uh, you know, little, small, little petite woman. <laughs> a lot of energy. For, for heaven's sake. Uh, she had a lot of energy. So, uh, so there's an Andrea Jackson Brooks way in, uh, in the Hill. So, uh, which was dedicated to her in the, in the 2020. Um, and people are saying nice things about her, uh, on the, uh, Uh, up on the New Haven Independent, people saying nice things. Uh, you know. So, anyway, uh, she was a, a good person. I'm sorry, I was reading at the same time I was trying to talk because I was just reading. Uh, I don't know when the services are because today is just the 18th and this was posted on the 16th. So I don't, I don't know when the services are. Uh, I'll go back and reread this and maybe there's some, some indication of uh, what they're going to do. I, I probably would try to go. I, I probably wouldn't want to miss that. Uh, you know, because we were fellow alders together and she was uh, a friend. You know, so yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, let me let me just let me just uh say something about this Israel Palestine. Let me just say this. This is what I know universally. Uh, in order to kill terrorists, you have to become a terrorist. That's it. In order to kill people, you have to be a killer. There's no there's no humanity in that. And uh, if you want to seek revenge, then you are a terrorist. Simple as that. Now we could all make the case for why revenge is necessary. I mean, we all could do it. I could make the case for why revenge. I can make it in my own life why revenge is necessary. It doesn't make it right. 
It doesn't make me better or anything. It just makes me a terrorist. And, you know, and if you're willing to step into a terrorist role, all right, then own that. Own it and say, you know what? I'm stepping into the world of terrorism because I have terrorists. You know, so if you don't want to be a terrorist, then don't be a terror. Then don't create terror. If you're going to seek revenge, then say you're a terrorist. But don't don't seek revenge and then feign uh, humanity. That's not how that works. I don't know no religion where that works. I don't know in any sacred scriptures or text or anything where that works. So I'm just saying, if you don't want to be a terrorist, don't create terror. You know? I, I I I don't know what people get out of bombing hospitals. I think isn't there some rule, some rules of engagement around war that you can't do that? I don't know. I, I listen. I don't. I don't. I only know what I know. And if you go back to the root cause of things, there's the truth. Just go back to the root cause of anything, and therein lies the truth. And if you don't want to deal with the truth, then keep this keep this going. Keep keep this going. If you don't want to deal in truth, then keep this going. I don't know. I mean, how many how many people can you kill? What's the what's the magic number where you feel like you've killed enough? What is that number? What is that number? Because you're never gonna kill every terrorist. Because then you have to start killing yourself. Because then you become the terrorist. You become the terrorist. Isn't that the most ironic thing? The very thing that you're trying to root out is the very thing that you become. Lest we forget. You know, it wasn't that long ago. 1948, it wasn't that long ago. So I'm just saying, go back to the beginning of the beginning of the beginning and therein lies the truth. That's it. And then, reorient yourself to the truth and build from there. Otherwise, whatever this is right now, which is terrorism and destruction and death, it's just going to be more of the same. So I don't, you know, <clears throat> 50 million people can stand on one side or the other. That just means 50 million people are standing on one side or the other. It doesn't get you to the truth. It does not get you to the truth. So unless you're willing to walk in truth, Everything is, everybody got blood on their hands. Everybody got blood on their hands. That's it. But I'm going to sit here as this little black woman on this little radio station and just watch and listen. I'm just watching and listen. No one could tell me anything about terrorism. Uh, no one could tell me any different about how people are treated. Nobody could tell me any different about, you know, they, them, they, they, they're the bad guys. Who's the bad guys? Not where I sit in America squarely. Mm -mm. Not with 400 years of history. Nope. I can't hear it. So here's what I'm going to say. <clears throat> in order to kill all the terrorists, you then must become a terrorist. That's it. So if that's if that's the goal, then say that. Then 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 see if everybody can get behind this. 
You know, everybody, everybody's shooting their mouth off. Everybody, oh, I'm standing with, I'm standing with. Okay. All right. But but when do people get a chance to stand for? When do when do people make the decision to stand for what is right? I don't hear nobody talking about what is right. I hear everybody talking about, well, well, revenge, justice, but is it justice if it's not rooted in truth? Is it? Is it justice if you're not walking in truth? I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I'm just a little black lady sitting, a little old black lady at that, sitting in a little state in a little radio station asking for truth. That's it. And so if you're not willing to walk in truth, then what are you doing? Well, I, you don't need me to give you a lesson in truth. I, who am I? I'm just saying, in order to kill terrorists, you yourself must be a terrorist. To murder people means you are a murderer. Now, there are all kinds of people that can accept that. Like serial killers. They accept the fact that they're serial killers. They don't deny they're serial killers. They're like, I'm a serial killer. You know, people who deal in child pornography are child pornographers. They don't, they hide the fact that they're child pornographers from the world, but they don't hide it from other child pornographers. In order to in order to kill terrorists, you have to be a terrorist. In order to seek revenge, you have to be a terrorist. That doesn't change. Doesn't doesn't change the you. We can make, we can make all the excuses and defend all our positions. We we can't. Every deficient every every position can be defended. We we may not like the defense of these positions, but they can be defended. Everybody's got a story. Of why why why? Everybody's got a hate story. I hate them. They hate me. We hate them. They hate us. We hate, we hate, we hate. Okay. But if you want this to end, and and there are forces out there who don't, because it's a good distractionary tool. Wars are good distractionary tools. You know. And you know, what what is interesting to me is that you know according according to Jewish people they're hated according to Muslim people they're hated so you got two groups who are hated who who equally say they're hated in the world and they get it they people hate us people hate us <clears throat> and who benefits from from their their mutual hatred who? That's that's the question I would be asking as a leader. Who benefits from your conflict and your hatred? Because clearly, you don't got no friends in the world. I mean, you got friends who stand up there and be like, oh, I'm with you. Really, though? But, but they're not the kinds of friends who tell you you're doing wrong. I, I don't like terrorists. I think terrorists are cowardly. You know? But I also understand that people feel justified in fighting for their liberation and freedom by any means necessary, particularly when you push people up against the wall. 
I mean, we're seeing it all over the world. You cannot oppress people. Oppressed people will eventually rise up. Now, somebody might want to whisper in China's ear that at some point their people are going to rise up and fight back too. I mean, that's just, you cannot oppress people forever and ever and ever and expect them to just, you know, lay down and continue to take it. You know, so what do you do? Well, you build a table of peace and get around it and keep talking and keep talking and keep talking until you get to some resolution, you know, until you get to some resolution that is satisfactory to both sides. And please don't tell me you cannot get to resolution. We all can get to resolution. It's what are we willing to do? What are you willing to do? You know, and if 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 death and destruction is more of what you want to do, well, then keep at it. it it's, it's going to be a high death toll everywhere you go. So you want to kill people? You are a killer. You want to murder people? You are a murderer. You want to terrorize people? You are a terrorist. That's it. I, you, I don't care. Yes, I'm a terrorist, but... <laughs> Yes, I'm murdering people and, but, nope, nope, nope. All, all this, everything needs, ceasefire needs to happen. But, you know, listen, leadership is hard. If it was not hard, there'd be more leaders in the world. If it was not hard, It'd be more leaders in the world. That's it. So you become the very thing that you want to kill. You become the very thing that you think you're ridding yourself of. You become the very thing that you say you hate. Look at that. You become the very thing that you say that you hate. And hate has a way of doing that. It makes you blind. It makes you unreasonable and it makes you fearful that's what hate does that's what hate and hatred does so I don't know what the magic number is that'll make people stop killing I don't know what it is I mean maybe they'll get to it I don't know I just don't know so I'm gonna leave it in God's hands but you know, here's the thing about God. God has given the given us the tools to peacefully resolve conflict. We have the tools. We have the tools to resolve conflict with an eye on humanity. We have the tools. Just like I can't get so mad at my neighbor where I go kill them because they are running their lawnmower at nine o'clock in the morning. Right? <sighs> you know. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. I just want people to know 
Uh, I'm just a little old black lady sitting in Connecticut on a little radio station watching the world, watching what's going on in the world, you know, in Israel, Palestine, and parts of Africa, Ukraine, you know, uh, around the corner from my house. You know what I mean? Like, there's conflict everywhere, but no resolution in sight, you know. So, so if you don't want to be a, a terrorist, don't 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 terrorize. That's it. You don't want to murder. You don't want to be a murderer. Stop murdering people. You know, it's just. I don't know how we. I don't know how we want to live with all this death and destruction for what. For what? I listen. I, I I implore everybody to go back in time and just get to the truth. What was the truth then and what is the truth now? Simple. What is the truth then? What is the truth now? Get to it. So anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about, about world affairs this morning in that regard, into what's happening. I, we need some other cultures that speak speak faith, speak speak faith over these things. You know, some other folks. Uh, so, anyway. Anyway, life is good for some of us. For some of us, life is good. Some of us, life is good. I've not started reading my my new book yet, Black Cake. It's not even a thick book. I just haven't had a moment to breathe uh, between uh, social engagement and... Uh, law school applications. And this Saturday, I'm going up to UConn for a half a day to uh, participate in uh, their uh, law school open house. And then I think I'm doing the Quinnipiac one in the next week. And then there's some online ones. You know, I tell you what, if, 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 I, if I was a younger woman without so much roots here, I would go to Howard. <laughs> I only say that because they sent me an a invitation for their open house via Zoom. And I thought, man, I would go to Howard. That's where all, you know, some of the best attorneys I know have been trained. I would go to Howard. But uh, I'm not rooting myself up to go to D.C. That, So, you know, and that's it's not even a dream. It's just, huh. It's a huh. You know, because I'm I'm not doing that. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I I I I know where I want to be in Connecticut. I know where I want to be. Uh, it, it might take a while to. It might take some doing to get me there, but I know where I want to be here in Connecticut. And I'm gonna try my best to uh put the best possible application forward for real consideration. That's all you could do. So. 
that's it. That's all I could do. I don't. I don't have no other. I don't. I don't have any other magic or insight or, or anything. So, all right. Let me see what's going on. Last night I had a wonderful dinner with. Uh, yesterday was Black Poet Day. Black Poets Day, and so they had a little small gathering at um, Possible Futures. A little quiet gathering of poets. I couldn't go because I was having dinner with uh, my great love, Karen Walton, and prolific poet, Emily Bernard. So I was spending Black Poet Day with a Black poet. How about that? Oh, and then people remind me that I'm a poet too. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. I am a poet. I am a poet. I I, I take poetry very seriously. Um, and then today, uh, I'm going to have lunch with... Uh, my dear friends, uh, Marjorie and Sophie Kaplan. I'm going to go have lunch in Guilford with them today. So that'll be lovely. And then tonight, this evening, um, I am doing a talk back for Lockdown. Uh, a film, a part of the New Haven Documentary Film Festival. Uh, it's, it's going to be at the Stetson at 6.30. And it's a pay what you can. And uh, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, folks will come out to that. Uh, it's, a, it's a sister film, and uh, I think um, I think uh, it's a necessary film, particularly when we speak to racism, housing, all that kind of stuff. And so. Uh, I want uh, I want people to come and see it. So uh, I've been posting it, and uh, uh, I've been posting it, and I'm now I'm talking about it. So I'm trying to look for it right now, so that I could um, I could tell people about it, so I could talk about it right here, right now. Uh, one more time and again. <laughs> one, one more time and again. You know, that's how black folks go. One more time and again. So uh so anyway. Uh so we're screening it today at 6 30. It's a pay what you can. And uh I hope people can come. Like I really hope people can come. Uh it's it takes place in Detroit, so it's about the Detroit um, uh, housing issue and uh, redlining, and redlining is still a thing. That's why I mean, I'm always amazed when white people are like, as if they they just think there's no discriminate, there's no racial discrimination, there's no white people just think we're post, and and maybe there's some black people who think so too, a handful of them. You know, for like every 50 white people, there's like three black people who are in alignment with that mess. You know, and these are scientific numbers. <laughs> but I'm, all, I'm always annoyed at white people, particularly this is what social media has done for me. As much as I love social media and I do love social media, I think it's a wonderful tool. Um, I also, I'm also struck by the amount of craziness and stupidity that exists out there. And so when I 
when I look at some of the comments of people across these social media sites, uh, it I I I I I'm close to losing hopelessness, hopelessness about the future, about the future, because uh, people just say the most craziest, profoundly stupid things, and I, and and I and I I, I always think it's going to take so much to overcome that that baseline ignorance and stupidity in this country and uh and that for me is the most frightening thing i had no idea that we were so overrun with that level of willful and deliberate uh, ignorance and stupidity uh and and that's the thing that frightens me that's for me that's the boogeyman in in in, in under the bed stupidity and ignorance is the boogeyman for me uh I, I I don't worry about Godzilla or the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot or you know I don't I don't worry about the uh, aliens coming here and you know whatever uh I that's not I don't have a fear of that I have a fear of just regular everyday people in this country who don't read or travel or think or anything they just I just get resolute and I, that makes me nervous, you know, and then it trans transfers over to political shenanigans. And uh, it's a, it's a odd thing to watch people spout hatred and ignorance and then, and then they can't, and and they stand on it with such conviction, which uh, you know they stand on it in such conviction that it takes my breath away. The level of hatred that people spew, and 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 it comes so natural, and so easy, and I'm always. taken aback every time whether it's police brutality whether it's um everyday ordinary people being terroristic to people in shopping centers and malls and on these streets whether it's road rage whether it's oh, i just you know and and listen i i'm not i i don't sink to that level like i don't I don't focus on on that. I I dip in to check the temperature, and it's always hot. It's always over the top hot. So that's that's gonna be, I think, the real undoing of this country. It's that's the real and 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 when you, and here's the other thing about social media is that. Um, Forces out there feed into the the our weaknesses of ignorance and stupidity. Like they play into it and they heighten it and they hype it to a frenzied level. Right? Like there was this guy. Is it in Chicago? 
this grown ass man goes and stabs a six year old Palestinian child here, here, right here, 26 times. Because of the media and social media hyping up this hatred of othering people, othering. That's dangerous. And uh, inhumane and sick, quite frankly. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, we have the capacity to make a world any kind of way we want that could benefit everybody, that everybody could be safe, not harmed. I mean, we could, we could do that. Like we could set a tone and make a world where everybody can have what they need to survive and thrive and do better for generations to come. We we have the intellectual capacity. We have the wherewithal. And there are some people on the ground with the will. But yet, we still default to othering people. We still default to destruction. I'm baffled by that. I mean, we could we could do any number of things in the world, in any number of things, clean water for everybody, housing for everybody, feed everybody. Like we we could absolutely do that, and yet we don't. I don't I don't understand why we don't. This is the only planet that we're on. We're all on this planet together. One planet. And yet the level of division, you would think that everybody's got some other planet to go to, to retreat to. <laughs> yeah, I got I got other 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 planets to go to. I don't know where that's true. I'm just saying. I just can't get off it. It just bothers me. Yeah. It just bothers me. I'm just trying to figure it out. Just like everybody else, I guess doing our thing well it's October uh, it's Filipino Heritage Month thank you Sylvester Salado for being a guest yesterday and dropping such pearls of wisdom and, and giving us the connection between uh, Latino connection and Italian and uh, what that means to Filipinos and culture. So thank you for that. Uh, Halloween is coming. I already see people decorating. Uh, I was at Home Goods yesterday 
and I bought a um I bought a snow globe with black children and a black Santa in it. Beautiful. I saw it weeks ago and I didn't get it. So when I was in there yesterday, that I saw it. And I was like, oh, I have to have it now. I have it. I have a, I have a snow globe with a black Santa with four four little children, two boys, two girls. So, you know, it pulled at my heartstrings because it reminded me of my children. So I got it. So, uh, but the stores are decorated, getting ready. I heard my first Christmas song in the store yesterday. Candles burning low and lots of mistletoe. Something, something, something. <laughs> uh, wasn't the Stevie Wonder version. Because the Stevie Wonder version is my official version to launch the holiday season. It was somebody else covering it, but it is. But it got me. I, it got me happy. I'm in Home Goods and they got all the Christmas stuff up. And you know, for all you people who don't like Christmas or who feel some kind of way about the commercializing of Christmas, whatever. But when I walk past the Believe sign, I'm very excited, and all the sparkly things and the Christmas trees and angels and nutcrackers and santas i i don't i don't know how you can't not smile at that <coughs> i don't care who you are and it's all right if you think it's you know uh commercial i mean that doesn't have to be your experience i mean it really doesn't have to be your experience just because it's commercial you know I'm always, I'm always, I think this is my annoyance, my annoyance show today. Because I'm always annoyed at people who are like, eh, it's so commercialized. You know, they say it about Christmas. They say it about uh, Valentine's Day. I mean, they say it about all kinds of things. And I'm like, okay, all right. And well, what's the end part? Like you say that as if you want people to do what? Be like you and be grumpy. Sit and be grumpy. I love sending Valentine's Day cards. I love celebrating Valentine's Day. I don't care if it's commercial. Don't buy a damn thing. You don't have to buy a jack. And then people are like, well, you know, I don't want my significant other, like everybody else around them getting stuff and then they don't get something and then I look like the asshole. Right? I've heard, I've heard people say that i've heard people say oh i i only get the fly i only send the flowers or the chocolates or whatever because i know that she is at work and everybody around her will be getting stuff and she won't get stuff and then people think i'm the asshole you know you're the asshole for just even thinking like that <laughs> let me you was an asshole before you even got to that statement <laughs> Because if that's how you're thinking about this, you're an asshole. But the fact that you're thinking about it might get you some points. It might get you two points for at least at least concerning yourself with the feeling of your significant other. But the rationale is still janky. You know, but all right, whatever. I, I don't understand why you have a, and you know, my brother Robert is like, he's 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 one to sort of say, well, every day is Valentine's Day. Every day is your birthday. Every day. But yet, he does the most. <laughs> he, my brother Robert will say mess like this. 
Oh, every day is Mother's Day. Every day is your birthday. Every day is Christmas. Every day is Valentine's Day. But let these days roll around. And he does the absolute most. <laughs> and it just, you know, so you, you think on first listening that he's being a grunchy poo, right? You think he's just being grumpy. He's not. What he's, <laughs> what he's saying is, I don't need a day to do this, but since we all doing this on this day, I'm here for it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with, with great, with great fanfare. So I'm just saying. So if you don't, I mean, listen, the first, the first order of love is to be outside of yourself, you know, to think about somebody else outside of yourself first. That's that's one of the first tenets of love, you know. Uh, the first tenet of the first the first tenet of love is to love yourself. That's number one. Number two, when you invite somebody into your world, whether it's friend or lover, or children or relatives, and you love them, you love them, and and you love them without judgment. You love them with acceptance and you love them with a real commitment to their happiness. Whatever happiness that they create for themselves, you're, you are behind it 100%. So to have a day committed to love, I think is just amazing. I think it's wonderful. And, you know, the commercial commercialization is really just there for you uncreative people uh, to make it easy for you uncreative people to not fall down uh, in your gesture and declarations of love. That's, if you look at it that way, all the cards and the flowers are really there for the for the uncreative people, you know the people who can't think about how to show somebody they love them, you know, with things, you know, love is creativity, but a lot of people lack it, and some people lack it because they are, um, they feel uh, inadequate, or uh, they can't wrap their brains about what to do, you know, and then. And then their partners become these people who are like, well, I don't really want anything. Like, like that's noble. <laughs> like it's noble to say, I don't, I don't care for flowers, I don't care for chocolates. And then and then they do it so much that it it becomes part of the, their story. You know. Whereas I don't know anybody who won't get some flowers in their hand and not be excited. And not be blush and not be delighted or some little trinket of appreciation that they wouldn't be delighted. I don't know anybody who would be like, F this and throw it in the river. Unless, you know, some ex, ex who is just, you know, trifling. But in regular, ordinary, thriving relationships, there's always one partner who's like, oh, I don't go in for that kind of stuff. I don't even know what that means. Like, you don't go in for gifts? Oh no, it's the day, you know, I don't, I don't need the day. What day? What day are you talking about? 
I'm always challenging people when they say these ridiculous things. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't support balance time day. I don't. Why? You don't support love? Oh no, no. I mean the commercial commercialization. Well, what does that have to do with you? What does the commercialization? You don't have to buy not near one Hallmark card. You could do something else. Those things are there for people who lack imagination and creativity, or, or. Or they can't find the words to say exactly what's on that Hallmark card because that Hallmark card captures their sentiments beautifully. So I'm just, so I'm, I'm always questioning people about that kind of stuff. Well, oh no, she doesn't, she doesn't go in for that kind of thing. What does that mean? Love? <laughs> All right. All right. Now you, you're making me come out. <laughs> you know, fighting oh, for. I knew you would come out. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me just say this. What? Every time I bought my wife flowers, she says, "Don't buy me flowers. Okay. They're just gonna die." Yes, that's the circle of life. That's that's a good right, indication of life. She's like, I'm not gonna take care of them. I'm not gonna prop them up on in a vase or anything. She says, "You want to buy me something?" Uh buy me clothes or take me out to eat. Um, but don't buy me little stuff like that. Don't buy me jewelry, she tells me. I don't wear jewelry. She doesn't wear jewelry. My wife doesn't wear jewelry. Okay, if she doesn't wear jewelry, Harry, then you wouldn't buy her jewelry. <laughs> Would you stop right, calling so necklaces? She doesn't, you know, I've bought her necklaces and stuff like that and, and they just exist in some box somewhere. Yeah, because she doesn't wear jewelry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... And you know Valentine's Day. I mean, of course, I'll I, for all my girls, all my granddaughters, my daughter, my sister, my mother, my wife. I always, you know, celebrate it because just to make sure they're loved. But they they feel loved, but they know I love them all the time. Yeah, but, they know you love them. But my wife, I try to make sure that it's Valentine's Day every day. Yes. That not one day is a special day. Like, oh, oh, all of a sudden today, I'm going to love you a little more. Yeah, that's not how I roll. So, you know. Yeah, but you do get her something for Valentine's Day. Because you know what it is, Harry? Valentine's Day is just a global. It's just a global recognition that everybody on the planet all at once are just celebrating this moment. That's all it is. It yeah. doesn't denote that. It doesn't cancel. Wow. The other 364 days where you love that person doesn't do that. Just like my birthday doesn't cancel 364 days of celebration. I love, I celebrate my birthday big, big, big. And then well, for a whole you, month. <laughs> you know what I realized for birthdays? Um, it's important to, by the way, you're listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. So what I realized for birthdays and that I need to celebrate it because other people are happy I'm alive. <laughs> yes. You know, so that's what I, I realized. Like for me, it was always that, <laughs> and just another day. But then everybody else is like, but we want to celebrate it. We love you. You know, so it's like, okay, let me make sure I'm not bringing everybody else down because... Uh, you know, a day is just another day for me. 
And I, I I've tried to learn. I've tried to learn that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That everybody everybody goes. Well, you're not. You don't seem excited when you get gifts. And I'm like, I gotta show more appreciation for what people do for me. Right? Because... You should hang around with me, Harry. You know why? Because I love gifts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't love gifts. <laughs> I just I love gifts. <laughs> I just don't celebrate out loud, right? So Oh no. <laughs> I love gifts. <laughs> so it's just an appreciation. So my kids go, my especially my son goes, Pops, what you want? I go, Well, I don't want anything. He goes, then what you need? I go, well. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. All I want you to do, I, it's enough for me for you guys to fill my house on those special days. Yeah, no, I never say that to my kids. <laughs> They're like, what do you want my, oh, oh, I'm I'm in a pearl mode. So if you see something pearl, get it. <laughs> because it just, because you know why? Because they ask and I just want to make it easy for them. Not so much easy for them, but they get excited. I want to feed the excitement because they know that I'm excited. So whatever. And then whatever they bring me, I'm just like delighted by. Yeah. Like my, my daughter is a little more creative. She's more like Karen where they know the value of, of a gift means nothing to me. Right. So she'll get creative. Right. Like, so she'll, she'll get me gummy worms or, you know, something she knows that, that tickle my, you know, that's little stuff like that will tickle my fancy, right? So it's like stuff I really like, stuff that I'll sit in front of a TV and um, gummy worms, Harry. Yeah, well, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm saying, like, it's. I remember when Karen and I couldn't afford to get ourselves anything, right? Um, there was one. I think it was one. It, it was either Christmas. I think it was Christmas that she got me a bucket of hot wings from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right? And that was like, oh my God, it was such a special gift for me, right? (laughs) Because it's something, oh, you know, Christmas good. Chicken good. (laughs) It's like, I could do this. I got some hot wings. (laughs) So, you know, and then, yeah, so for me... My favorite part of Christmas is the stocking stuffers. Mm. I'll get little things like that. And a lot of people like stocking stuff. Stocking stuffers was was never my favorite thing, Harry. Although I would put things in stockings. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, it's my favorite because I get you know, especially now that I'm cheating on on certain days. Oh, so you get like cute snack things, like oh, I'll get I'll get my little licorice bits and stuff like that. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. See? But, but I'm going to stand up for those people who say, well, it's just another day. For a lot of us, especially some introverts like me, we we shy away from living out loud. So for us, it's like, it's just another day. Don't celebrate. Don't, don't make a fuss around me. You know, so for us, it's different. It's just another day. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got to say about that. 
Well, for those of us who are not introverts, we'll celebrate for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning that. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll trip the light fantastic. We'll throw the glitter in the air. We'll throw the confetti in the air. We'll do it for you. Don't you, don't you worry. You just stand there and take it all in. Oh, by the way, Baz, Karen's is in New Orleans right now. Oh, well, how's the weather? Is she all right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm the one who's been uh, suffering, living alone for the last four days. No, really. How much I, suffering are you doing, really? I've been struggling, Baz. Yeah. You probably actually like having the bed to yourself, have the heat down, all the way down, the windows open. I know. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I could keep the windows up for no, several well, days. You know, to give my wife credit, I live like that anyway. Because I tell her it's easier for her to put on layers than it is for me to stop sweating. So she's given given into, you know. Yeah, but now you don't have to see her in like a full blown coat sitting around the house. <laughs> <laughs> she she goes to sleep like an Eskimo. She's like, so you're like, oh, my 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 Eskimo wife is not here. Yeah. I, <laughs> I tell her every once in a while, I tell her, well, that's attractive. <laughs> and she's I'm like, I could be more attractive if you shut that damn window. <laughs> Like you might you might actually see a nightgown if you close the window <laughs> instead of a parka. <laughs> yeah. So when she when is she due back? Um tomorrow midnight. Oh, okay. Oh, you gotta go get her? No, she because she left the her flight going was at I think five in the morning. So she actually took her own car and since oh, okay. Paying, they're paying for the parking, you know, her job is paying for everything. Okay, so she'll drive herself home. So she'll drive home. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, New Orleans is fun. I, you know, it's one of my favorite cities. Is is it New Orleans or New Orleans? New Orleans. <laughs> so she'll come back, she'll have beignets. I don't I'm not a fan of chicory coffee, you know, that New Orleans coffee, chicory. I don't I don't I don't yeah. particularly care for it, but a lot of people love it. So, you know, she'll probably go to Cafe Du Monde and have coffee and beignets and well, some she, gumbe um, and etouffee and she um was bragging about a bowl of gumbo she ate yesterday. Yeah, I know it was good. And I'm like, oh, that's not that's not something you could just bring to me, you know, like when, when she goes no. out with her friends over here in Connecticut. She'll be in a restaurant. She's like, oh, my God, you got to taste this. I'm going to bring you a, a bowl or something. Like, you shouldn't be bragging about gumbo. That's one of my favorite meals. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm a little, a little, well. Jealous? Jealous. <laughs> own it. Own your jealousy, Harry. You're, just a, you're a little jealous. Just own your jealousy. That's all. So, so all right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. I don't have a guest today, but I'm gonna go get a drink of water and then uh we'll be back at uh 10 15 or so. That's why we went over because we don't have a guest, so I could I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> be right back. 
right back. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Cue music. It feels like springtime in winter. It feels like
I think that's my. Uh, I guess it's not. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know where Harry is right now. Left the DJ booth. When the you DJ steps away from the DJ booth. Hey. Thanks, Harry. Playing a little Monica this morning. That was pretty good. I'm telling you, Harry, I need a after I need a uh Babs after dark. I could play like quiet storm kind of music and then like, you know, talk the kind of ish I want to talk that I can't talk first thing in the morning. Cause it's too early for the kind of stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> too early, too early, too early, too early. Yesterday was um yesterday was Black Poet Day. And uh there's a little gathering of poets together the other night. Last night, I couldn't attend because I was having dinner with, you know, some good girlfriends. Um, but uh tell you something about black, and then I'm gonna read uh Black Poetry Day. Um, uh, U.S. Black Poetry Day is celebrated every year on October 17th to honor all talented African-American poets, both past and present. It's a national, it's celebrated all over the country. So, ha, ha, ha. So what do you do? Well, we encourage a Black poet, you know, attend a poetry reading or share your own poetry Pick up some poetry written by Black poets. So that was yesterday, and here we are today. So I'm going to read some Black poetry, because yesterday was Black Poetry Day. And uh, that was very nice. So. Uh, and I'm sorry I missed it, but I'm going to put it on my calendar so that I don't miss it again. Uh, I'm just going to put it on my calendar um, so that I won't miss it all day, every year. Woohoo! And now it'll, uh, it'll pop up <clears throat> and I'll be ready next year. But in the meantime, uh, I have a couple of poems I want to read by this beautiful book that I just got last week. When did I get this book? I picked this book up. I ordered it uh, because I knew it was coming. I saw it on Instagram or I saw it on Facebook or somewhere. I knew it was coming. And uh, September 20th. And it, yeah. So so I've had this book uh, for a couple of weeks, but it's, uh, it's Alice Walker. Uh, taking the arrow out of the heart and it includes complete Spanish translation but it's such a it's such a beautiful book and the poems are just oh and they speak to these times right so let me tell you why this book um, the celebrated author Alice Walker shares a timely collection presented in both English and Spanish of nearly 70 works of passionate and powerful poetry that bears witness to our troubled times while also chronicling a life well-lived. From poems of painful self-inquiry to celebrating the simple beauty of baking frittatas, 
Walker offers us a window into her magical, at times difficult, and liberating world of activism, love, hope, and above all, gratitude. Whether she's urging us to preserve an urban paradise or to behold the delicate necessity of beauty to the spirit, Walker encourages us to honor the divine that lives inside of all of us and once again brings her legendary free verse to the page, demonstrating that she remains a revolutionary poet and an inspiration to generation generations of admirers. So, so Alice Walker is the winner of the Pulitzer Prize in the National Black Book Award. I mean, the National Book Award. Uh, she is a canonical figure in American letters. Um, she is the author of The Color Purple, The Temple of My Familiar, Horses Make a Landscape Look More Beautiful, The Way Forward is with a Broken Heart, Now is the Time to Open Your Heart, and many other works of fiction, poetry, and nonfiction. Her writings have been translated into more than two dozen languages, and over 15 million copies of her books have been sold worldwide. This is such a beautiful book. Such a beautiful book. So anyway, I found two poems that I wanted to uh, to read, <clears throat> and I know I'm not in my best voice. I like I know this is not my best voice. It's a little huskier than than it normally is, uh, but you know we're, we're gonna make do. We're gonna make it do. We're gonna make it do what it do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it here, and this one is called the Circle. And as I read it, you'll see why I love it. I love it. And when we get to the end, you'll see why I love it. And it's in Spanish too. It's El uh, Circulo. El Circulo. El Circulo. Oh, but I'm going to read it in English. I myself do not believe in political parties comprised generally in my experience of so many who are not awake. Still, all options must be presented by those who care. An unbalanced wakefulness can be a treasonous as blind sleep. Let there be a private counsel first with one's own heart, one's own bright or blighted spirit and soul. Then from that sacred spot of personal centering, move outward to the circle. There are always others more wise than us. Let us hear them with humility and do not, as in the past, obey an impulse to shout them down. We owe it to all to all the others gone before us, black, white, red, you know, the merry ones who would have died laughing. If this cheekiness had not been crushed out of them to step thoughtfully here to what future there is left, we have not lost and are not lost if we hold ourselves in honor and respect. There is a way forward and yes, it is with a broken heart, but it is our own way collectively convened, pondered, shared. The circle, call all your friends, like the church in all struggles, an extension of our unshakably trustworthy and consoling arms. Like a wise grandparent who loves us more than life itself, the circle sends us out into the world in the direction we choose fortified by his collective wisdom and ancestors driven love. I just I just love I just love that so much. I just love it so much, the circle. So here I go. Now this is an absolute no-no, but it's my book. I'm gonna dog ear this this poem. 
because poems. It's my book, so I can do what I want. And then the second poem that I wanted to read, which I think speaks to this time, just like the first poem speaks to this time. <clears throat> the future captured in a heartless fist. And uh, the Spanish uh, title is El Futero, El Futoro Apresado Inu Punio del Samado. El Futuro Apresado in un Punio del Samado. The future captured in a heartless fist. Somehow, it is left to us this most hopeful of generations to bear the unbearable. We do not need to have given birth to the children who are being destroyed to know they are our children, not only in the present and the past, but certainly in the future. All children are connected at birth to all others ever to arrive. Their faces turn upward toward parents all grown-ups were meant to be. How can you separate your child from mine? Little one, they have captured you and placed you in a cage. What are we to make of this? Are we supposed to see you as an animal? Though animals do not deserve this fate. Are we supposed to think that you are, at five years old, already a terrorist? Are we to believe you deserve to stand alone in this tiny jail, obviously constructed with you in mind, while grown-ups stand around and frighten you? Who paid for this cage anyway? Whose taxes? Whose labor? Whose sweat, little one? You are Palestinian. You are also earthling. You are every child. By most humans of this planet, you are beloved. But in this moment, so hard to own as what any parent or grown-up anywhere could desire or wish you are the future, captured in a heartless fist. Oh my gosh, I love that. Don't you love that? Now I got to dog ear that one because I'm gonna find my I'm gonna find a space to read this again somewhere. But it's so. <clears throat> It is so, so beautiful because when we stop thinking about every child as our child, then, you know, then we, we, we don't see children. And, and if we really think children at five can be terrorists, then that's not on the child. That is on, that is on the adults, you know, that is on the, on the adults. So I don't know, yesterday, black poetry, uh, day, uh, was wonderful and I'm reading poetry today I would have read this yesterday if I had guessed uh, and I would have probably done it at the 9 o'clock hour so um, but here's here's the piece that she wrote on refugees they would not be running to us if we were not chasing them with the guns and bombs and rockets we sold to crazy people out of their houses, out of their schools, out of their mosques, churches, synagogues, away from their favorite prayer trees. You are guilty, America, of arming the world. If you could, and to make money, you'd arm the universe. Remember Ronald Reagan talking about Star Wars when he could barely walk, let alone handle a laser? 
That's how deep it is our country's need to control the earth, that it never seems to care about otherwise. But it is not our country that is at fault. It is the entities who have taken it over, who might not even be from here, which is my own belief, but from some distant star, they camouflage as heaven to make us think they were special, to make, the, to make us think they were special, angels even, and not rapists of planets through the terror manipulation, uh, through the terror and manipulation of war. You know, Alice Walker was about that life. Uh, they were about this life. They were, she was about it. And she's still about it. Uh, there will always be more beautiful than you. Elos serán siempre más hermosos que tú. There will always be more beautiful than you, the people you are killing. You think it is hatred that you feel, but it is really envy. You imagine if you destroy them, we will forget how tall they stood, how level their gaze, how straight their backs, how even the littlest one stood at their little ground. Meanwhile, you stand hunched as a cobbler in your absurd killer's gear, yelling like a crazy person, your face contorted, dripping sweat from what would be with or without your lethal weapons, a bully brow and a feral chin. Killing everyone, especially children for sport, looking cool in your own mind as you crunch bones beneath your boot that are still forming, conquering. Don't forget the entertainment value of your daily work for the folks back home who witness from the hillsides in their lounge chairs. What beautiful fun! We are not like those people being broken over there, they tell each other. And from this moment, they are right. They are not. But what does this mean for broken humanity? Selfie this. That's so good. These are so thought-provoking and so uh, so thought-provoking and so perfectly to the truth, these poems, you know. <clears throat> Wherever you are grieving, uh, in Spanish is donde quiera que sufras, donde quiera que sufras. Wherever you are grieving. It does not matter to me wherever you are grieving, whether Paris, Damascus, Jerusalem, Bamako, Mexico, or Beirut, or New York City. My heart, too, is bruised and dragging. There used to be such a thing as melodrama when feelings could be made up, but now there is bare pain and sorrow a sense of endlessly missed opportunities to smile and embrace the other. We mourn the loss of goodness that we so divinely ordinary babyhood youth, the blessings of maturity and of old age. All sacrifice now, almost predictably to the same greed or our histories, every one of them could have warned us against if we only knew them.
world is standing up for Palestine. I realized this today when I discovered a book group where people from my own hoodwinked country have decided to offer a humorous book to its readers about Palestine. Honestly, by now, it is an impossible, almost impossible human endeavor to think humorously about Palestine. There is something about the deliberate targeting of children's eyes, young people's bright hopes, the beating and killing of women, and the indiscriminate battering down and slaughter of old men and young men, house demolitions, and the seemingly unending bombing of hospitals and schools that keep us from actually laughing. Yet I happen to know this book they are offering, and it is very funny. I met the woman who wrote it and listened while she read from it with zest to a packed house in Ramallah. She cracked us up. And that is the spirit our own country people are awakening to, standing up for, recognizing at last, for it is a grace some lucky ones of us have read about and even witnessed or practiced in our own diseased and ripped moral landscape of no repair. And the book was uh, Sharon and My Mother-in-Law, the acclaimed memoir by Palestinian author and architect Saud Amari. <clears throat> such a timely poem. It's such a timely poem. So <clears throat> here is a poem. Uh, is is Celie actually ugly for Cynthia Arrivo, who played Celie on Broadway, right? So, es Celie realmente fia para Cynthia Arrivo. Is Celie actually ugly? Asked the charismatic star playing her on Broadway. How many times over the years have I explained this? Celie and her prettier sister, Nettie, are practically identical. They might be twins, but life has forced on Celie all the hardships Nettie mostly avoids. A hazy anxiety surrounding the lynching of her father when she was very small. Repeated rape, a mother's withheld love that morphed into distrust and disdain. Her children, for all she knows, murdered by the rapist psychopath who claims to be her father. Endless labor that would demean and soon obliterate, obliterate the observable loveliness of the most queenly slave. I wanted us to think about how superficial is our understanding of beauty, but also how beauty is destroyed and how to bear our own disgrace these hundreds of years we've taught ourselves to laugh at anyone as abused and diminished as we feel. It is Celie's designation as nigger of the universe by heartless sufferers around her that makes her ugly to them. They who cannot see until love of herself lights the dreariness of Celie's existence, that the beauty of her resilient spirit has become one with the compassionate loveliness of her face. Wow, Alice Walker. 
Do that damn thing. Wow. This is a this is a very important book of poetry. I don't know if anybody has an opportunity to uh uh reviewed it. I don't know. I don't know what people were saying about it. I probably should go take a look. Um, but you know, I'm one of these people, if I love it, I just love it. And if anybody says they don't love it, I just think they're crazy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna think you're crazy. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, anyway I just thought the poems that I picked were just lovely and uh, I think I have time to read a, a couple more before before I gotta go and go do my thing you know I gotta work on my resume and do you know how long it's been since I looked at my, you know, dealt with my resume? Okay, Harry, I hear you. Yeah. Hi, Harry. Hey, Babs. What are you doing? Actually, you don't hear me hear the background people. Oh. oh. I was reading some poems from Alice Walker, which are lovely, lovely, and they're in Spanish. So I'm not reading the poems in Spanish, just the titles. <laughs> You're not here, you're not reading the poems in Spanish. Oh, by no, the way, I'm reading the titles in Spanish. <laughs> by the way, it, it's it's uh it's interesting how uh what's your guest yesterday, Sylvester? Yes, yeah, so Salcido, so, yes. Yeah, you know he's an interesting dude. You know he he talks a mile a minute. Oh my god, <laughs> I have no worries of him. I was waiting. I'm like, when is when is our Babs gonna get to talking? <laughs> but, you know, Harry. Sometimes you just gotta let people go. You just gotta let them do their thing. <laughs> but what I, you know, what what I always like is that people feel like, oh, yeah, I need to talk to Harry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm <sighs> like, you know, I don't think people understand. It doesn't always work out when you think you're gonna come and debate Harry. But you know what? I, I need to. I'm going to have a debate show. I'm going to have a, a debate show where I get to to talk to guests Ooh. from Babs. Are you are you going to just open it up and let people call you up? Or what do you want to do? What was that? Are you going to are you going to open it up and let people call you or get on and talk to you or what you want to do that? You know, I would love to actually have honest debates on stuff, not not crazy debates. Um, I remember about two years ago, Paul put an article in the New Haven Independent where he challenged everyone to, oh no, it was like three years ago, where he challenged um, everyone to come and debate, whoever wants to debate Harry, come on. And and nobody took him up on the offer. He was like, well, you, you would debate anybody, right? I'm like, of course. You know, they, they picked the topics. I'll study the topic and they'll come in with their prop, you know, their their talking points. <laughs> and we'll go from there. But you know, it's always fun. I, I I love hearing, especially the people. Look, Babs 
and I get along very well. And yeah, why? Who thinks we don't? And I'm no, I'm saying, and I think um people go, well, if Babs could get along with him. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I would love to do it. I've been asked lately, when am I gonna start my show up? Because um they feel like there's a, there's a a void that needs to be filled by the uh, by a conservative voice. So I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. Paul wants me to do a, a music show. He doesn't want me to debate anymore. Hmm. I don't know. But you know, I, I I always get my chance to be on. You know, love Babs, love talk. <laughs> when I get to talk about whatever Babs is talking about. <laughs> People always go, well, well, you and Babs get along well, and you you agree on a lot of... I'm like, no, I agree on whatever. I jump in on whatever I agree on, usually. <laughs> I, I won't jump in on what we disagree on because it'll be World War Three. Anything? <laughs> they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Uh, uh, listen, along, but I know my role here. It's, it's when, when when I'm in the streets, Harry, people are always always ask me, is Har is those really Harry's politics? I said, I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, he doesn't say anything that he doesn't mean or believe. Like, you know, but they are curious about you in a lot of ways. And I said, and they were, and they always ask me, like, how do you talk? I was like, I, it's not that I tolerate it. It's not a, it's not, tolerate, tolerating is not the word. I said, I respect Harry's opinions on a lot of things. I don't, I just don't happen to agree uh, with this. Right. And, and you know, that's what I, that's what I love about you, like, and, and like Betsy, right? Where, you don't have to agree with me to like me. I know. I don't... <laughs> it's like I really, I really. Your politics is not the determining factor, <laughs> right? For some people, it is Harry, but those people are assholes and stupid. You're not. You're neither <laughs> one of those. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I, I'm always willing to deal with those two. See, you are. I'm not. That, and that's the other thing that's about us. You're yeah. willing to sort of make space for people. I'm not. I was like, oh no, I don't even want to hear this. I'm not well, even. See, that's exactly my point, right? So I know my space here. It's love, Babs, love talk. It has nothing to do with Harry. So I'm going to jump in where I could add to the conversation. Right. When we're talking about Godzilla or right. <laughs> Bigfoot. Or or bears eating lasagna. By the way, I took a picture with I took a picture of Bigfoot in Tennessee. Oh, I didn't see it. I I gotta send it to you. Because <laughs> I was on an off-road tour <laughs> and they had these huge cardboard cutouts of Bigfoot in the trees. Mm, and you just <laughs> had to get next to it. Uh, Let me see. I, I mean I had no idea Tennessee is Bigfoot land. Like I thought, I didn't know Tennessee was Bigfoot land either. I thought it was more in the Ozark. Like I always thought it was North Dakota somewhere. It's just it's like they have. Oh, everybody got their own Bigfoot. Yeah, they have like full blown Bigfoot stores, like really like dedicated to Bigfoot. 
<laughs> I didn't think it was Tennessee, though, Harry. I thought it was, I don't know, out west more. Like, I don't know what I thought. I don't know. Yeah, I thought I maybe that. Washington, like Seattle, Oregon. I was thinking well, like that. Well, well, obviously, it's like in New Jersey, they have the something monkey or something like that. But it's their own version of Bigfoot, right? Mm -hmm. um, so everybody has a Bigfoot. I think there was um, sightings of Bigfoot in Connecticut um, up north, right? So this people are always, I mean, of course, people are also, I forgot what you call um, the medical term where you see what you want to see. Delusional? Well, not delusional. That's oh. that's a, that's a little more offensive, but oh, same all thing. Right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. it means the same thing. <laughs> okay. So, no, no so I told my tour the tour guide when we were off road that um that I would love to see Bigfoot. You know, if, if I say if you guys have, she's like, well, some people swear by it. I'm like, well, you know, if you're gonna we going off road, can you take us through somewhere where Bigfoot? You. Huh? Do you want to go off road and go see this? I mean, I don't even know. Listen, there's nothing to see. Number one, but, right? Okay, right, but, but you don't usually hear stories of Bigfoot attacking people, right? No, I do not. So, I mean, of course. I, I mean, how are you going to attack? But somebody? that doesn't mean it won't be a first time, or, <laughs> or you know what? He'd be happy to have guests. I know. I'd be the one that they catch on camera getting beaten by getting Bigfoot, beaten, and then I'd have to like, oh my god. But you know what, Bass? It's not going to happen because what what I learned like a month, two two weeks ago that Bigfoot just, is they don't exist. No, that he's interdimensional. Every time he gets seen, he just goes into another dimension. Okay, all right. I seen that on Star Trek or something. <laughs> like, I, seen radio. That, I think I saw that on Star Wars. Like you know, you warp speed, jump yeah. into another. So you know, I'm not here tomorrow, Harry. I'm going to Hill, going to Hill House to work with seniors on their um, essays. It's good to hear from someone who works the shit yeah. tomorrow. So run whatever you want tomorrow. So you know what? What we need to do is a spinoff of Love Babs Love Talk into... <laughs> hey, hey, Babs, hey, talk. <laughs> no, Love Babs Love Conspiracy. <laughs> Are you going to do that tomorrow? <laughs> you know how we, we love a good conspiracy around here. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to see some of these alien stories that are popping up. Oh, no, let's talk about it tomorrow morning. Come on, a little early so we can talk about aliens. Well, not tomorrow morning, Friday. I mean, Friday, Friday morning, the early, because I got guests Friday at 10 15. But come yeah. on, um, come on early in Friday or at least halfway through so we can talk about, uh, uh, because, yes, because I've been seeing, I've been seeing people talk about these conspiracy yeah. theories. So I was like, love Babs, love conspiracy. All right, nine o'clock, be here, be square. All right, I'll see you on, uh, Friday. All right, see you Friday. Have fun tomorrow. Thank you very much. We'll be back on Friday. You're listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM. We're home for community radio.